Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and overcast greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio. This is our two-hour live program that we put on every single week to bring you guys our facts and analysis of what's going on in the world, what's happening in the news, and the things that the media will not tell you, the lies that the media will tell you, and the facts that we can find around that. Obviously, the first big story that we're going to have to get into immediately is yesterday there was breaking news that there was a hostage situation that occurred at a synagogue in Fort Worth, Texas uh, regarding, so (laughs) according to the media, a man with an English accent, which is the first time I've ever heard someone described by their accent uh, in regards to uh, anything about the suspect. But that's because uh, the identity of the suspect, which, by the way, was known very shortly after this situation broke out, uh, was very inconvenient to the attempted narrative that the left tried to have where, of course, when hostage situation at synagogue happened, uh, everybody on social media and in the left and in, you know, media itself wanted to go, this is just a sign of the awful right wing. Oh, they're so terrible. Oh, it's awful. Oh, wait, it's actually the brother of a Muslim terrorist who, by the way, was supported by large Democrat activists to include people like Linda Sarsour and the Council on American Islamic Relations, which is a lobbying group that regularly donates to Democrat politicians. Hmm. So let's stop there for one second but let me give you the entire background which was i guess the long story short on this is there is a woman um and her name is dr aifa sadiqi and she's pakistani she was a neuroscientist and this is where it gets this story gets really strange um She apparently lived in the United States. She went to medical school, all this other jazz. After September 11th, she went to Pakistan. Then she came back, I believe, for a little while, and then she went back to Pakistan. Later, she was arrested in uh, Ghazni, Afghanistan. Now, get this. Here's where it gets crazy. In 2008... That's how long ago the situation was. But in 2008, she was arrested in Ghazni. Later, while she was being interrogated purportedly at uh, Bagram Airfield, uh, she grabbed the M4 of one of the people in the room uh, because it was they had set it on the floor, and she shot a U.S. service member, and then she Holy herself, her, she herself was shot. Uh, her lawyer, during the court case, tried to debate the story itself because the uh, witness statements were inconsistent about how many people were in the room. Not that she didn't shoot anybody, just that nobody nobody could properly get a head count during, you know, a uh, prisoner randomly being able to pick up a rifle and shoot people. Um, so this is what occurred. Now, on top of that, um, let me let me try to remember the name here. 
So, yeah. So that, if that wasn't weird enough, she was also named by, uh, sorry, I'm going to actually have to pull this up because my, my brain isn't doing the best parts in the world uh, of, of recalling. Uh, but I believe it was Alahi that named her. But she was named as a financier of Al-Qaeda by a prisoner. So just so you under... Oh, yeah, that's sorry. I'm, I'm very sorry. It was uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed named her as a courier and financier for Al-Qaeda. So, like... Well, I mean, pretty good case to be made here, sounds mm-hmm. like, for... To- Jihadist terrorist. Yeah, to, to give you the exact background, so during the second day in custody, she allegedly shot at a visiting U.S. FBI and Army personnel with an M4 carbine. One of the interrogators had placed on the floor by his feet. She was shot in the torso when a, uh, when a warrant officer returned fire. Oh, okay. So she didn't actually hit anyone. Um, but she was then extradited to the United States where in September 2008, she was indicted on charges of assault and attempted murder of a U.S. soldier uh, in the police station in Ghazni. Uh, charge, charges she denied. She was convicted on 3 February 2010 and sentenced to 86 years in prison. Uh, so right. th- that's the background of Afia Siddiqui. Okay. Um, or Sadiqa, it might be. I'm not sure. Doesn't matter. Point is, for some weird reason, uh, the Council on American Islamic Relations, which, as I've said, is a uh, leftist lobbying group. It's it's the for those of you who aren't fully aware of it, it's the group that calls everything that anyone was doing during the War on Terror Islamophobia. Mm. Um, and because people like, uh, Barack Obama were in charge and droning children was like, okay, they sort of like focused on other stuff. Uh, like, you know, anything that was involved in like hunting down, uh, terrorists in the United States, they would just call Islamophobia. Uh, but they go relatively silent during Democrat administrations, you know, because none of this is ever about what they say. But what's very strange is the Council on American Islamic Relations, the Texas chapter for Dallas-Fort Worth, on November 10th, 2021, posted uh, or was hosting a discussion campaign to free IFIA, to free this woman. And they had Linda Sarsour, the executive director of of Empower Change, Marwa uh, Elibaili, Dr. Afa's uh, attorney, um, and Faizan Saeed, the executive director of CARE Texas. Uh, on Saturday, November 13th, the five-city mobilization will conclude by holding a rally in D.C. for uh, Dr. Aifa Sadiqi, or whatever, and Imam Jamil Al-Amin. The next day, on November 14th through 16th, we will hold a free IFA advocacy days where people from across the country will hold one-on-one meetings with congressional offices to educate them about the plight of Dr. IFA and call for her release. 
Now, everyone involved in this should be deported immediately. <laughs> now, so, like, like, why do we suffer these people who <laughs> exist inside our country? Just there's there's no reason these people should be here, and they should all be deported tomorrow. Just there's no, and we know who they are. They're throwing rallies. They're holding these big events, and they are trying to get uh, secure the release of someone who went to Afghanistan with the sole purpose of killing U.S. servicemen and who then sh- shot at U.S. servicemen. Just the fact that we have to treat them like normal people and not just the enemies of the country that they actually are, it's very irritating. What's what's so strange about this story, well, not, not, not we haven't even gotten to the, the actual story. Um, what's so strange about this is... I don't know anything about this case, to be honest. This is not something I've been tracking. It's not. It, it's very old, right? Um, and for some weird reason, the a bunch of leftist activists in the United States dredged it back up. No, no real idea why. I guess because uh, Afghanistan's over, and so the war on terror is over, and now they're going to try to advocate. Which, interestingly enough, right? They're going to try to advocate for people who were. Um, arrested on terrorism charges and providing material support and things like that. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm not somebody who immediately buys every single charge that the federal government places upon somebody, especially in this day and age, uh, in the year of our Lord 2022, um, where terrorism is a word that they use to go after their political enemies. But this one's pretty well solid, it seems, right? This is, like I said, this is years old. Like convicted, right. you know, 12 years ago. But for some weird reason, a leftist activist group decided that this was, you know, going to be their new big thing. They were going to go after, oh, we, we have to get her freed. It's all a big lie. Ooh, you know, it's the great imperialist America. Like, okay, fine. Well, what happened yesterday is a man purporting to be her brother took hostages at a synagogue in uh fort worth texas which is the city where she's being held she's uh she's being held in a medical prison um in fort worth texas and a guy who claims to be her brother uh took hostages at a synagogue now when it was first being reported that a synagogue was the um location of a hostage event Uh, a hostage crisis, all of these people started talking about white supremacy, which to be fair, Alan makes sense because according to the media and according to the FBI and according to Congress, the greatest threat to the United States is white supremacy. That is the greatest terror threat. We've been told this, right? Yeah. Except for when it's Islamic terrorists who are holding people hostage in a synagogue to get another Islamic terrorist freed just a few months after giant rallies are held by leftist Democrat groups. So 60 days prior to a bunch of people being held hostage in a synagogue... Uh, there was a Democrat leftist group that was 
basically telling everybody that this girl is being unjustly held um, and, you know, abused or what the hell ever. And a guy takes hostages. Fascinating. Huh. So it's a very interesting story. We'll talk a little bit in a second about, you know, the media obviously immediately wanting to ignore this after all the information comes out and trying to obviously cover up the identity of the perpetrator. Um, But additionally, I just want to remind everybody that over the last couple of years, we've been relatively lucky here in the United States um, to not have, or actually longer than a couple of years, but we've been very lucky in the United States and really throughout the Western world to not really be facing um, threats from terrorism. But it's not that terrorism necessarily completely went away. But I also want to remind you that this guy took a bunch of hostages. He also claimed that he had bombs uh, placed in different locations, which may or may not have been true. But I have to ask, you know, if there's this guy who's who's basically planning on doing something to try to free purportedly his sister. I don't actually know if they're really related. I'm assuming that they are because that's how it's been reported. Um, But they keep reporting it as a guy claiming to be her brother. I don't know why they might do that, but who knows? Um, It's entirely possible that the FBI could have known about this guy if maybe they weren't too busy hunting down parents who go to school board meetings or trolling Twitter to look for the latest MAGA hashtag. And put that person on a watch list. Like, yeah, maybe if the FBI wasn't too busy, uh, basically working as the personal Stasi of the Democrat Party, they would have been able to actually, like, find this guy and realize that he was up to something and was going to try to hold a bunch of people hostage. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. There always seems to be a pattern where the FBI knows about these people. They knew everything about these people. They were 100% fully aware about these people. And then they seemingly can't do shit. But God help you if you want to protest mask mandates. The FBI's got that shit on lock. They've got your name, your phone number. You know, they're already monitoring your communications. They know where you live. They know where you work. They know everything about you if you're at a school board meeting. Uh, It's just those pesky Islamic terrorists, probably because of all the regulations, um, you don't want to be called a racist. So it's probably better that this happens and you don't get called a racist. Right. And like you said, we haven't seen a repeat of large Islamic terrorist attacks recently, or at least too many. And I think that I think the the worry is is we're essentially resting on our laurels and no and the no one's actually watching out for them anymore and it just is we've just been sort of lucky that no one's really tried to pull off any kind of Islamic terror attack in the United States recently because it's very clear that since the Obama administration that the FBI and the counterterrorism units of the U.S. intelligence community have been more focused on suppressing American citizens than they have on actually watching out for real terror threats and espionage threats. They are more concerned about making sure there is an FBI, that the FBI is investigating people for trying to, to go to their school board meetings than they are actual terror threats. And you can see it in the way they talk about things. It is absolutely ridiculous nonsense that when the FBI 
formally states that white supremacists are the biggest terror threat that America faces. That's absolute nonsense, but they that is their official position, and if that is their official position, then they are redirecting FBI resources away from countering foreign espionage, away from foreign terror threats, away from actual threats in order to for that, so those resources can be used to push the Democrat agenda and oppress the a political opposition to the Democrat Party. It happened under Obama, it would happen under Trump, and it's happening now. They are such a they are a highly politicized organization that no longer has its whose primary mission is no longer the safety and security of the United States, but to act as the essentially secret police for the Democrat Party. Mm-hmm. So almost I mean good good that these things happen because it shows just how corrupt the FBI is. The FBI is, cares seems to care more about pulling off false flag attacks like the uh, the FBI instigated kidnapping plot for Governor Whitmer or the FBI agents that instigated January 6th and you make it has makes you wonder how many actual threats to the, to the United States are slipping through the net because their the focus is no longer in the correct places well and 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 how wild is this by the way so it, it's been a, a a weird thing um it's been a very bad week for the FBI. It's been a very bad week for, for, you know, the Democrats in a lot of ways, actually, it's been a primary driver of a lot of conversations I've had with people this week, but what's just insane. If for any reason, let's just say that this guy was white And let's just say that he snapped and he was crazy and he wandered into the closest building. Let's say he lived literally across the street from a synagogue and he went in and he took um, hostages and he was screaming about literally anything. He could be talking about inflation. He could be talking about the supply chain or who knows? The Federal Reserve. He could be talking about literally anything. Um, What we would not hear is this clip I'm about to play where the FBI does everything in their power to 100% go, um, this was totally not because they were Jews, guys. <laughs> here's here's a clip yeah. from the press conference from Biden's FBI. Oh, I'm sorry. Hang on. I'm having a little bit of a problem with the audio actually coming across. So give me a second to figure that out. Um, The reason why I'm annoyed by this is we consistently, um, anytime something happens, consistently um, on the right, if there's any chance for the left to attempt to make it sound like it's involved, like to, to be able to be politicized and used against the right wing, um, we will 100% have to fight and say, no, like this thing that happened had to do with X. And everybody goes, no, it's because he was a Nazi and a racist or, you know, what the hell ever. We've, we've seen this numerous times. Like 
There was the weird shootings that happened in, what was it, Atlanta for, like, Mm -hmm. massage parlors that they tried to say was, like, anti-Asian racism because apparently, like, that's never been a thing that has happened like that that's not like some weird pillar of white supremacy that anyone's ever heard of like ah oh, those asians you know you know how those neo-nazis that are totally around every corner in the united states according to the fbi you know how they feel about the asians um <laughs> but additionally uh just like like it's anytime this happens right um let's see if i can get this audio to work now uh, we, we, we do believe from our engagement with this subject that he was singularly focused on one issue uh, and it was not specifically related to the Jewish community, uh, but we're continuing to work to find motive and, and we will continue on that path. In terms of the resolution of the incident, uh, the, the hostage taker is deceased. Uh, we, we, we do. Be- OK, so th- that was a spokesman for the FBI. Um, have you, Alan, can you ever think of a time that you've seen the FBI, uh, really make sure, uh, like ensure that people know clearly the motives of somebody when it's politically expedient for the left? Mm. Like, do do you ever recall the FBI coming out and, and throwing cold water on the Democrats who were trying to claim that something was right wing terrorism? Have you ever, have you ever seen them do that? I do not. I don't remember that. In fact, I do remember them, you know, intentionally not talking about the motives of people that are, say, Democrats that conduct events like trying to kill a bunch of U.S. congressmen. Oh, oh so you mean like James Hodgkinson when he went and yeah, shot up a yeah. bunch of congressmen at a baseball practice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And everybody was silent on his motives because it was just, oh, it's just a horrible just horrible event with absolutely nothing to do with politics whatsoever. Well, and as um, HGX soldier on our uh, chat was pointing out, um, he, he was stationed at Fort Hood uh, when Nadal Hassan decided to shoot up a bunch of service members. And he remembers that nobody would call him out for being a Muslim extremist. If you guys recall, that was the not necessarily the birth of, but the most common time that you heard the term lone wolf. Ooh, they really wanted to make sure that you just knew that this one guy day was a... for no reason at all. He mm-hmm. just, just, you know, he just decided to, to hurt some people. Yeah. He was absolutely ta- unrelated to anything else. Yeah. He, he was talking to terrorists in Yemen, but it was totally unrelated. He was a lone wolf. Uh, he was probably an obscure Muslim scholar or an austere Muslim scholar. Which is which is how the uh, New York Times uh, wrote up the obituary of uh, El Baghdadi after uh, <laughs> after he was killed under the Trump administration. Um, the guy who was the leader of ISIS, they called him an austere Muslim scholar. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Oh my God! <clears throat> what was this? Uh, Oh my goodness! So according to uh, according to HGX Soldier, uh, uh, the Nadal Hassan was in his wife's unit, and they waited six years to give the soldiers involved Purple Hearts. Well, if you give people Purple Hearts, then you have to acknowledge that anything happened. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a hundred percent true. 
Now, so yeah. what they're what they're saying so. here is this guy was singularly focused on getting his sister freed, and it had nothing to do with the Jewish community. Look. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of identity politics. I think it's silly that just because something happens to a certain community, everyone has to immediately assume, oh, my God, it must be. But let's just be honest here. You went into a synagogue during the Sabbath when there were people in it. (laughs) And come on. (laughs) Like, can can we at least accept that there's probably uh, a connection? Or no? There most definitely is a connection. Yeah. Well, the, the problem, the thing is, the people do not want to recognize why the, the source of why a lot of Muslims don't like Jews. And it, yeah. it, is, it is unfortunate, but that is essentially what I think everybody's uh, trying to hide here. Is It's essentially, don't, no, don't, don't look into this. Everybody, everything's fine. Please go back to being concerned about white supremacist terror. Please go back to only caring about white supremacist racism. Don't look into any any of these other grie- racial grievances between people that are now filling your country. Go back to sleep, everybody. Oh, no. Hold on. Now, just so everyone's aware, I, I brought up a name that some of you may recognize, which was Linda Sarsour, who 60 days prior to this attack um, was trying to was was part of an organization that was attempting to host, um, you know, a free free this girl movement. Linda Sarsour, for those of you who don't recall, um, if you remember the women's march remember the pussy hat march they don't talk about that a lot because now things like the women's march would be called an insurrection if it was ever done on the right uh right. but the women's march those were all the pussy hatted people who marched through washington dc because they were outraged um and they thought the election was stolen by donald trump and the russians yeah. uh but for those of you who don't remember in 2017 there was the women's march well, she was one of the leaders of the Women's March. And then shortly, you know, a few years later, she ended up being removed from the Women's March because, well, she was super anti-Semitic. Right. Now, as Alan very accurately points out, it's not a mystery to anybody that there are generations-long um, tensions between Islam and Judaism. Uh, they right. go back thousands. Mostly of years. concerning about mostly concerning the creation of the state of Israel. Yeah, yeah. Now there are absolutely, um, yeah. It, it, there it is. Like, yeah. There's there's no need to go in depth on that. Everybody knows that. Um, they they don't like each other, folks. We all get that. Um, and and right. okay. Uh, right. It's like it, the whole where Israel is now was populated by Muslims and Christians in the 1920 up to the 1920s and then all of them were expelled by essentially Jews flooding the area in the 1930s and after World War II with the help of all the victorious allies and the Muslims in the area and the Arabs hold a very serious grudge about that and view it as this land was essentially stolen from us mm-hmm. yeah it just Everyone's basically aware of of those tensions, and it's weird because sometimes the U.S. gets overly involved in, you know, 
you know, fucking thousands year long silliness. But the point that I'm making here is it's silly to watch the FBI bend over backwards and the media bend over because that's the whole thing. The big narrative now is, oh, the Jewish community itself was not specifically targeted. And the only reason why we're they're doing that, what I'm what I'm. I'm not trying to wade into the whole identity politics thing. I know a lot of right-wing commentators really love to take that low-hanging fruit, even though we're supposed to be against identity politics, right? Um, to sit there and you know screech about anti-Semitism. Well, the reality is, is I've never like the media is only doing this because there's a Democrat activist group that 100% was saying the exact same things as this guy. That's the only reason why the media is trying to do top cover. The, because exactly like Alan was just saying, your focus has to be on your fellow Americans and thinking of them as terrorists. That has to be it. You can't think about Muslim terrorism. You can't think about right. any other terrorism. The only focus that they, the biggest security threat in the United States has to be your fellow Americans who don't vote Democrat. You're 100% right. focused on the biggest threat to the United States and your livelihood and that of your children has to be the guy who flies an American flag or calls himself a patriot or wants low taxes or doesn't think that there needs to be vaccine mandates. That's who you are supposed to hate in the United States and the FBI and the media are going to ensure that that focus does not change. Right. The entire point of the current U.S. government and media propaganda push is to cover up all of the issues that come from multiculturalism and try to keep all of the ire focused in all the ire and blame focused solely on their hated minority, which is white people. That's their entire goal. It's a co the, the coalition that is the Democrat party is based entirely on basically hatred and resentment of the dominant American culture, which is, white people in the history and American history, you know, before 1970. And because, and in order to maintain that, to maintain that hatred as the, as with that as their pariah, they, they, for their own supporters even have to cover up and suppress all instances of crime, terrorism, and essentially social dysfunction that arise from the multiculturalism that gives them their power base. Mm -hmm. We need to import the world. We need to become globalist. We need to fill the country with foreigners. Uh, and all of those have absolutely no problems. They bring nothing but doctors and lawyers and scientists to us. And all of these evil right-wingers saying that they actually just bring social dysfunction and crime uh, they're actually the evil ones and you should hate them and listen to nothing they have to say. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to have a shared American identity uh, because that's nationalism. And as we all know, nationalism is awful. Right. Well, and a shared American identity allows people to unify together against the global against the elites. And their goal is to keep things fractured, to keep everybody hating each other. That's why they're importing millions of foreigners to make it impossible for the United States to have any kind of mass popular movement, because it will be then so easy to pit people against each other on the basis of ethnicity and culture. And it's the whole thing. That's it's. In entirely a divide and conquer strategy. 
Mm -hmm. because because white Americans are the a hugely dominant force in America, they are the ones that have to be divided, split, and the focus of all of the all of the propaganda. If if America was ninety percent Ethiopian, you would see the same thing, but against Ethiopians, because it is all about dividing your enemy up to weaken them so that nobody can unify together to oppose you. Well, and what's what's really amazing is earlier this week, um, Marco Rubio, not known for being a right wing firebrand, right? Like pretty neocon, pretty squish, not hugely respected in any sort of uh, national nationalist or, you know, national conservative or really any movement of actual like the actual right, you know, regular American right. Uh, Marco Rubio is not exactly like the guy anybody's depending on to save us from anything. Uh, right. He got accused of uh, anti-Semitism because he brought up, uh, he said, uh, he said something. I don't have the exact quote in front of me about a small group of liberal elites in the media. And everybody said, this is my favorite part about this situation. <laughs> Was everybody said he means Jews? <laughs> he's being an well, anti-Semite. He's dog whistling Jews, and I, I laughed because I remember just a few years ago that saying that a <laughs> that Jews were dominant in the media <laughs> was anti-Semitism, and now the left is saying, well, obviously. Marco Rubio's being an anti-Semite because if you're talking about the media, you have to be talking about the Jews, right? I mean, <laughs> is that true though? I, so, uh, <laughs> I I don't know if you're allowed to talk about that. That's the problem. I mean, obviously we aren't. It, it, that, that's the even if, if that was true. It would prove it would prove the point, and they would try to keep, try to ban you from saying it. Right. And if it's not true, then why why the if it's not if that's if that statement isn't true in some way, why the energy to attack him for it? Unless essentially it's the media covering. So either it's the statement's true, and they're attacking for it to suppress that information. Or the statement is false and the media is using anti-Semitism simply as a way to deflect criticism of itself. Right. Well, it, it, it's it's so. Yeah, here it is. Um, all right. The Daily Mail. Marco Rubio is accused of using anti-Semitic trope in his criticism of upscale liberals who control the media and Democrat Party. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Florida Senator Mike Marco Rubio was accused of anti-Semitism over the weekend for attacking upscale liberals who control the media. That's the quote. In a Twitter post criticizing coverage of the January 6th Capitol riot. The GOP lawmaker's tweet came hours after Vice President Kamala Harris compared the deadly insurrection. Nobody, nobody died. Nobody but Ashley Babbitt died. Um, anyway, to the bombing of Pearl Harbor and the September 11th terror attacks in a speech marking... Uh, the day's one-year anniversary. The upscale liberals who control the media and Democrat Party believe January 6th was another Pearl Harbor or 9-11, Rubio wrote on Thursday. And the rest of America, including Democrats, thinks they're nuts. 
The notion that the media is run by wealthy Jewish people is a widely known anti-Semitic trope. Marco, are what the Marco? What ha, what happened to you, man? You're you're correct. It wasn't like Pearl Harbor because after Pearl, America woke up and defeated fear. Kins, uh, Kinzinger wrote on social media. That's Adam uh. Kinzinger, the cuck who is now part of the January 6th committee, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, now leaders like you keep stoking it. You're better than this. TV writer and Huffington Post blogger Brian Bihar also responded to Rubio's tweet. Upscale liberal control the media. Those anti-Semitic dog whistles are getting louder and louder. And uh, and then he simply said, he means Jews. <laughs> It sounds like all the people taking issue with this statement are upper class liberals. Like he said, <laughs> I love it when this happens. So he said upscale liberals who control the media and the Democrat party. And everyone goes, Oh, he must be talking about the Jews. And it's like, wait, wait, why, why would you immediately think he's talking about Jews? And they go, Oh, well, the, <laughs> the, the uh, rich people who control the media are all Jewish. You go, I thought we weren't allowed to say that. And they go, well, no, we're allowed to say that. It's just you're not allowed to. Like, it's so funny when these things happen because the long story short, the reason why I'm laughing about this is there are so many instances where you would hear, like, throughout my life, you would hear that things are like some sort of right-wing conspiracy theory or, or, like, white supremacist conspiracy theory, right? And then when the left tries to claim that somebody is anti-Semitic uh, or, or racist or whatever or white supremacist, they literally prove the supposed conspiracy theories. The only way that you would think that that quote is directed towards Jews is you have to acknowledge what the white supremacists are saying, which is that the media and the Democrat Party is controlled by the Jews. Right. That's the only way that that statement is anti-Semitic. Yeah, because they're not saying the statement's wrong. They're just saying that you're anti-Semitic for noticing it. And it's funny um, bringing that up because what was it... um, there's this uh, there's this pyramid, or it's like an upside down pyramid, um, about disinformation uh, that's very popular. And if you go look at it, the top part, the biggest part of this pyramid, is anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. And it has as, as in the most dangerous or the most untrue. Is well, that the yes, the yeah, top? yeah. The the most untrue conspiracy theories are anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, which was super weird. But among some of those are things like I mean, the trans. It depends movement. on who is. It depends on who's making the list of conspiracies. Because if I was a Semite, I would put anti-Semitic conspiracies as the most untrue. If I was making the list and I was a Semite, that's what I would do. <laughs> so, I guess I'm alleging that anti-Semitic conspiracies are an anti-Semitic conspiracy. <laughs> it's just. In the in the top of it, it's like the the way for them to discount anything that people are discussing is to scream anti-Semitism or racism or any of that. It's just fascinating yeah. that this um, 
this pyramid of the most dangerous and most untrue are called anti-Semitic, but which, by the way, have almost nothing to do with the Jews. To include, like, quote, the trans agenda. Well. I don't understand how that's... But then that's the thing, is uh-huh. if, if you're making the connection between... It, if someone is saying that, that being concerned about that, if someone is saying there is such thing as the trans agenda and that that agenda is somehow anti-Semitic, that means they're the ones claiming that the trans agenda is actually supported and run by the Jews. And the people that a lot of times it seems the people that are concerned about these things don't explicitly mention it. And then when someone says, hey, you know how you're concerned about globalism that, and, and all the, uh, you know, the bankers that are destroying the world economy, and that's an anti-Semitic conspiracy. And you think, actually, I wasn't talking about that as it was related to Jews. But for some reason, you think it is. It, do you know more about what's going on than I do? Why would why would you assume that what I meant was the Jews Unless you, that's the, that's the strange part about all of this is you don't have to reference it, but then the people that seem to disagree with it immediately look at it and go, he must be talking about the Jews. And you think, well, well, do you believe that that's true? Because it seems like the people that most likely believe in anti-Semitic conspiracy theories are the ones that are most concerned about preventing people from learning about them. Mm hmm. So if I want to ask Democrat activists, so wait, if, if if being critical of the global elite is anti-Semitic, what do you think about the global elite? Well, and that's exactly it. And that, that's what is really entertaining in, in, right. in a sense about a lot of this is. Right. But, and, yeah. It, it, I was going to say the other it, element to this is. Because everyone's been been has their brains soaked with propaganda over the last seventy years about what really happened during World War II, all you ever everything uh, because because of World War II and the mass propaganda push of the last seventy years about World War II, everything is compared to the Nazis and thus the Holocaust and anti-Semitism. Even if it's unrelated, the best way to get to essentially trigger the mental landmines that have been implanted in people with all of the propaganda is to compare things to Nazi Germany, the Jews and the Holocaust. Right. Mostly everyone has been programmed, whether we know, realize it or not, you, me, everybody has been programmed for the last 70 years to view World War II as essentially the founding mythos of modern of the modern world. Hitler and the Nazis are the devil. The Jews and the allies are, I don't know, the good guys. Everything is everything is intentionally focused to relate back to those events in that way. So it doesn't matter if it's actually related to the Jews or not. If you want to call something bad, you relate it back to that founding mythos that started after World War II because that triggers the implanted thoughts in people's heads by all the propaganda, and it there it's a shortcut to making people think a certain way about an issue. Because we've all it's we've had drilled into us time and time and time and time again how the Nazis are super evil and the Jews did nothing wrong and the Holocaust was the worst event in world history. 
it doesn't matter if it actually makes cognitive sense. Just claiming a connection to those events is enough to short circuit the normal cognitive functions of people's brains. And they go, oh, well, if it's if this relates to event, then good guys equal those that are good to the Jews. It's totally unrelated to the reality of modern situations, but it's an easy tactic that a lot of the left wing groups use because it short circuits the brain and it means you don't have to make a cog coherent argument. People will just essentially not dismiss whatever the thing you want them to dismiss is because you told them it relates to that thing they heard about once. Right. It's and really that dumb and simple. And that's why they do it. They're playing off of the propaganda they know has been implanted in people's heads, essentially without any of our, our knowledge of it. And that's what makes it so insidious. Yeah. And for those of you, like, not, not to go super in-depth into the whole history lesson, but for those of you who don't actually, like, understand, like, what we're talking about and before everybody, like, pulls their hair out, there was no debate in the United States about uh, whether or not the allies were good and the Nazis were bad. That was not a debate that was happening post-World War II among literally anyone. Um, but what did happen was, uh, especially during uh, several upheaval movements that were going on in the 60s and the 70s, they were taken advantage of um, by several assets that were involved with communism, primarily from mm -hmm. the Soviet Union. And one of the primary factors of that was the enemies of the Soviet Union during World War II were, in fact, Nazi Germany and Italy and things of that nature. And right. to deflect because of— Not so much Japan, weirdly. Right. <laughs> but the— I mean, um, they're, like, right next to each other, and the Russians never really went to war with Japan until the very last days, which is kind of strange. But the— Big thing here was during because of the Cold War, especially following things like the Cuban Missile Crisis, when anti-communist sentiment was getting extremely high and there were Congress members like, say, Joseph McCarthy, who were getting elected by, uh, you know, or getting elected and getting popular by the idea of our institutions are being invaded by communists, which, by the way, was happening. And we look at twenty, the year of our Lord, 2022. Uh, very true statement. Am I right? Um, yeah, the, McCarthy did nothing wrong. Yeah. The uh, ideal here was we need to refocus and get everybody to be super scared about fascism that's not happening. Um, about Nazi movements that weren't really occurring because then they'll stop focusing on communism because at that time, communism, there, there was a large movement in the United States. Americans were coalescing against anti-communist sentiment. Well, that was a problem mm -hmm. for communists. So what did the Communist Party do? They had to cobble together the, hey, remember remember those guys from Germany? They're super bad. Yeah. Everyone needs to be worried about them, even though they don't exist anymore. But you need to be more right. worried about them than you are about us. Right. It was all, it's like, remember World War II when we fought the greatest evil that ever existed on Earth? That was the Nazis. The Nazis were fascists. The fascists were nationalists. 
give all the communists a pass and let them go about their business, because clearly, based on the founding mythos of the modern era, the Nazis and nationalism are the real threat that we should all care about. Stop this silly business of trying to attack the Soviet Union and all these communist groups operating inside the United States. Focus on the real threat, which is people that oppose the globalist takeover of the United States and the selling out of, uh, you know, our nation. Like, like the, the, the real basics of it are this. You know who else was anti-communist? The Nazis. The Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's basically the entire argument. No, um, and, that, and that's seriously it. A lot of stuff during the Cold War, um, you, there was, in order to combat fascism, there was a resurgence in, in, in many places of roughly what you would call them as nationalist or fascist tendencies. And the... Communists inside the United States and the West often used it to their advantage to frame those things as it's the Nazis all over again. And then the United States and friends would basically gather together to make sure that those didn't become powerful movements. You saw this happen in Europe, especially in places like Italy. I mean, it it was very messy because essentially it was the house was divided against itself, but because really what was happening was there was a bunch of traders in the United States that were trying to sell out the West to communism and a bunch of people in the United States were easily swayed by the arguments that essentially a return of Nazism is worse than combating the Soviet Union. Right. Even though that wasn't, you know, that wasn't really a thing. It was, they created a boogeyman. Right. To deflect yeah. from communism, from the yeah, actual essentially true to deflect of criticism of communism and communist movements, they created a boogeyman and said, "Well, the communists are aren't are less dangerous than these nationalist groups. You should use re U.S. resources to suppress these nationalist groups." It was it's a very weird time frame, but essentially, it does go back to the to a lot of people would referencing World War II with their own interests, regardless of what the historical accuracy truly is. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, one of the funny things that I'll, I'll correlate to this and then we'll, we'll get to the other subjects of the show today is uh, there was a gentleman and I'm sorry, I don't uh, I don't have his name in front of me, but he shared um, there's all these talks about like vaccine passports and things like that. Right. Um, yeah. And there was a gentleman on Twitter who shared the vaccine passport that used to exist in Nazi Germany um, because that was a real yeah. thing. And yeah. um, they, they did have mandated vaccines uh, and mm -hmm. you did have to carry a vaccine card to show that you had been vaccinated in Nazi Germany. That's true. It's a, right. that, that is a true statement that actually happened. Um, that's real. Now he shared it, which is, once again, we, we just had all of these discussions about how many times the left accuses people of anti-Semitism and all this other stuff. Um, well, right. he shared uh, that vaccine card and said, wow, we've seen this before, which is not an uncommon thing to see uh, the left do. But even right. people on the right, because you can always expect people on the right to turn around and screw your own movement over by being complete morons because you're more afraid of the left saying mean things about you than you are about doing the right thing. Um, a hundred percent. Um, 
they immediately talked to all of the we even had people like what i like to call normie cons uh yeah immediately wanted to talk about just how gross it was oh it's so gross it's just so gross that what that people um, were comparing back it, in pa- passports to the nazis it's so gross that this guy shared the nazi vaccine passport and said that we've seen it before it's just so disgusting i'm just disgusted at the idea that he would share a legitimate disgusted at the idea of people making an argument against their political hegemony <laughs> which that, cuz that's what it is it's like i don't like that you brought up a good a, you brought up a good argument against me having unlimited political power over my enemies well but that's what's weird is i'm talking about the normie cons getting upset about it not like the liberals oh. getting upset of course but oh, okay. this is that one of those this is one of those things. This is that landmine that the left has created because what what they're really mad about is, oh my God, we get so mad at the left sharing uh uh we get so mad at the left like calling everything Nazism. And it's like, no, that's not why you're upset. See, there are commentators on the right who are super scared of COVID and think that everyone should go get vaccinated and just want you to stop talking about it. Um, they're not on the right. They, right, exactly. Like they claim to be conservatives. They claim they claim to be small government, except they're perfectly okay with uh, you know forced vaccinations through drug companies. And basically, uh, these are the sorry. This is what bothers me. We like me. to call oh. them neocons, and they can just go invade Iraq again if they really want to. If they're really that bored, like I'll I'll, I'll get off this because I I know this is a dead horse sometimes. Uh, when it comes to this, these are the same people. Like there are supposed conservative commentators that are, that were the same people that fought against claimed to fight against Obamacare, but are suddenly okay with basically Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson setting policy in the United States. And they don't see any irony in this. Yeah. And I think the reality is, is we saw some conservatives get super upset at this, at at whoever this was. And I'm really sorry that I can't remember who it was that shared it posting. It was a verified account, but he posted, you know, the vaccine passport that the third Reich had and they got super upset. And it's like, now the only reasons why you would be upset by this are because one, it's because you realized that, well, this is true. And you have to, but I think it made uh, people like David French and whoever the hell A.G. Hamilton is and all of these other normie cons or, you know, fake conservatives mm-hmm. upset. The reason why they got so upset over it was because it was like, oh, you either have to acknowledge that not everything the Third Reich did was bad because you're like, well, at least they were concerned about public health. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So you either have to acknowledge that or two, you have to go, God Damn it! Like, oh, this is a really good argument because the Nazis totally did it and everything the Nazis yeah. did was evil and therefore I'm evil. Right, because either they have to admit that they were wrong for pushing something that was not a right-wing conservative value or whatever. Either they have to acknowledge that they were helping the left and doing something that was counter to the interests of the future of the right-wing movement or they have to backtrack and say the Nazis did nothing wrong 
And it puts them in a very awkward position, and they hate being in an awkward position because at the end of the day, these are all people who are just cowards who want to win by foul means rather than win by actual by projecting actual strength. This is the same reason why these the same anti-Trump conservatives whined about Trump so much. Like we just don't we don't want to have to fight the bad guys. We just want to we just want to get to feel like we are, but we don't actually we're not actually interested in making real headway against the people that we're saying are destroying the country because we don't actually care we just want to make a big deal out of it and then go back to retiring on my yacht i just want to go back to complaining about the market (laughs) yeah that's what these people are these are these ghouls care more about their 401k than they do about the future of the country but they'll tell you that all oh, the communists are doing all these horrible things you need to vote for our candidates that will invade iraq and will push like tax tax breaks for the rich you're like no i'm not going to vote for those people because they're just the same globalist ghouls as the left like yeah but then they're going to make my stock portfolio go up more I have nothing but intense ire for the anti-Trump conservatives because those they are essentially traitors that would sell out their own country to not be called mean names and mostly out of cowardice. So they don't have to actually take a stand on any difficult issue. They can just whine and complain about free markets and globalism and the rest of us then have to deal with it because they're, they split the movement and make it impossible to make actual headway that stops the people that have in nothing but intense hatred for our country and the people within it. No, a hundred percent. And interestingly enough, that's actually a really good segue into our next subject here. Speaking of anti-Trump conservatives, um, there was a complete, uh, I, I don't know a better way to say it, a batshit moment this week. Like we said, it was a very bad week for the FBI. The FBI assistant director, Jill Sanborn was questioned by Senator Ted Cruz uh, earlier this week. And uh, there were some very interesting things that came out of that discussion in a, in a committee um, that I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've never seen a reaction like this before, but it definitely shows how terrified uh, the left is becoming. And the elites themselves, because it's not just the left. Remember, the January 6th committee has two Republicans on it um, who are still somehow Republicans. But that's a different discussion for later. Um, Here's the questioning from Senator Ted Cruz to Jill Sanborn, the um, assistant director of the FBI for national security. Well... There are a lot of people who are understandably very concerned about Mr. Epps. On the night of January 5th, 2021, Epps wandered around the crowd that had gathered, and there's video out there of him chanting, tomorrow we need to get into the Capitol, into the Capitol. This was strange behavior, so strange that the crowd began chanting, Fed, 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 Fed. Ms. Sandburn, was Ray Epps a Fed? Sir, I cannot answer that question. The next step. So let's stop there. Miss Sanborn was Ray Epps a Fed. I cannot answer that question. Why not? So it's a yes. But yeah, yeah, like, like, but like, let's just take a second. Why, why couldn't you answer that? Like, is okay because it's a yes. <laughs> 
it can't be an, I don't know, right? They would have just, she would have just said, I, I, not that I'm aware of, or I'm unaware of that. Right. 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 It, I'm, I'm it, not trying she, to play. She stupid. didn't say, I don't know. She didn't say no. And the answer then is it's a yes. She said, I can't answer that, which means it's a yes. Yeah. I don't see, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to be objective. So I know it sounds a little dumb but I am legitimately trying to be objective. I don't see any other reason to have answered that way, except for, yeah, he's a fed. And by the way, because he was a fed and we know he was a fed. That's why they asked this question. And that's why she couldn't answer. I want to point out something because I want to get very specific about the language here, because there is a reason. A lot of these people are lawyers. You have to understand this. Senator Ted Cruz is a lawyer. Um, Jill Sanborn's a lawyer. Like all these people are lawyers and language matters a lot in these specifically Senator Ted Cruz was talking about one incident the night before January 6th. Ray Epps was out there saying, we need to go into the Capitol. We have to go into the Capitol. People started shouting fed, 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 fed. And he said, Ms. Sanborn was, was, meaning at that time, was Ray Epps a Fed? So, because the reason why I'm saying this is there are people who are trying to claim that, well, Ray Epps has been questioned and might be working with the FBI now, and therefore they couldn't answer and say uh, he's not because he might be currently, but he wasn't then. Nah, that language is very specific. Was he meaning at that time? Anyway, I, I do want to point that out because I know that that's part of the narrative that the left is trying to push. But let's continue with the uh, questioning. Okay, the next day on January 6th, Mr. Epps is seen whispering to a person and five seconds later, five seconds after he's whispering to a person, that same person begins to forcibly tear down the barricades. Did Mr. Epps urge them to tear down the barricades. Sir, similar to the other answers, I cannot answer that. So did Ray Epps force them to tear down the barricades? Sir, similar to the other answer, I cannot answer that. Now, Real quick, I'm going to play another clip here just to make sure that everybody's aware of everything that was being asked. Here's Ted Cruz asking if Jill Sanborn even knows who Ray Epps is. Ms. Sadburn, who is Ray Epps? I'm aware of the individual, sir. Uh, I don't have the specific background to him. Ms. Sadburn, who is Ray Epps? So who is Ray Epps? I'm aware of the individual, but I don't have the specific background on him now one of the things that i really 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 want to make sure that people understand you're gonna you're hearing a delay now at the beginning the beginning of the audio you guys heard uh the echo so you know just think about this for a second so you know that ted cruz's audio was coming right through right so there's not a delay in the audio being received by jill sanborn so i'm going to answer a question that maybe you guys didn't even have which is why did it take her so long to answer and the reason why is um in the video when you see it you're seeing her sitting at a desk and she has the fbi symbol behind her what you don't understand is the lawyers that are sitting in the room with her and you can see her eyes dart off to the side and that there's nothing wrong with this. This is normal. The reason why it takes her so long to answer is because the lawyers are telling her how to answer.
Just yep. understand that. the lawyer She is being instructed by FBI lawyers how to answer these questions. Which is... The reason why I'm pointing it out is how long it took her to answer some of these questions. But let's go into the last clip that I'll play here. Um regarding just the FBI in general, not Ray Epps, but just the FBI in general. Here's that clip. I want to turn to the FBI. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Uh, Did any FBI agents or confidential informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. I can't give away, like, did any, were there any FBI agents or confidential informants involved in January 6th? I can't go into, I, I can't go into sources and methods. That's a yes. Were any FBI involved in January 6th. Let me get that question again. I'm sorry. Informants actively participate in the events of January 6th. Yes or no? Sir, I can't. I can't. Okay. Were any confident FBI agents or confidential informants, did any of them actively participate in January 6th? I can't answer that question. That's a yes. So there you have it. Right? Did I lose you, Alan? Did you fall asleep on me? I'm here. I'm here. I just hit mute real quick. <laughs> so, obviously, okay, everything we already know. This was a lecture I got from Alan, which was like, yeah, we already know this. I don't understand. You know? <laughs> but, but, okay, so everything we already know. But now, so the long story short here is the FBI um, just got backed into a corner. Um, <clears throat> now, I would be remiss if I didn't point out uh, certain other things, which was... Ted Cruz stupidly, and we talked about this last week, absolutely stupidly went out on January 6th and got all ashes on face, uh, dumbass, I need to go impress the liberal media for some ungodly reason, and was, oh, it was just a deadly riot, it was so terrible, and he got called out by Tucker Carlson. Tucker right, Carlson, which was we, fantastic. Yeah, we, we played that audio, and so of course this is this is uh the the joke is is that people call this the Ted Cruz redemption arc. So, which is good. I mean, this is an ultimate good um, that he asked these questions, and they're very specific. They are very directed, and what you were getting is non answers or in reality a yes. What is happening here is we are getting confirmation that the FBI one hundred percent was involved. Now, specifically, the one persona that's being brought up is Ray Epps. Now, this comes from reporting of people like Revolver News. And Revolver News has done a lot of deep dives into this. And the big thing that they've brought up is the, well, and it ended up on Tucker Carlson and things like that, which is the reason why I reference that is it's the most watched cable news show. So we know a lot of Americans are aware that this guy, Ray Epps, was on the most wanted list and then suddenly disappeared in the middle of the night, disappeared off the um, most wanted list, much like Donald Trump's victory over um, Joe Biden. In the middle of the night, it just went away. Um, right. <laughs> weird how that happens. Um, Which means he, he's now a federal informant. 
Right. Now, so he disappears off the most wanted list. And strangely, all of these questions happen. And then we saw one of the most crazy things I've ever seen, which is the January 6th committee comes out and says, we interviewed Ray Epps and he's not a federal agent. This is a conspiracy theory. And I don't know, other things. Uh, Ted Cruz should be ashamed. Oh my gosh, geez. And you had Adam Kinzinger, the cuck Republican who is sitting on a kangaroo court, literally a Soviet style court that is taking regular American citizens. These are 60 year old people who wandered around the Capitol. I mean, I know we've said this. We've beaten this down. This was nothing. This was nothing. There are regular Americans who walked over to the Capitol, who were led in by FBI agents, who were let in by the Capitol Police, all as part of a Reichstag fire for the Democrats to be able to persecute their political enemies. Yeah. Now, the FBI gets asked about it, and it's now public knowledge. It is irrefutable. Once these videos came out, what did you get? You got the January 6th committee out there saying, no, 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 Ray Epps isn't a Fed. Oh, my God. That is so absolutely bananas that that happened. When has anyone ever seen a congressional committee decide that they need to correct the record for random American nobody? While at the same time, they are illegitimately prosecuting a bunch of other random American nobodies, many of whom are still basically in solitary confinement where they've been for an entire over a year now. Yeah. Well, and, uh, but additionally to that, think about that. I just said that like Tucker Carlson and all these other news organizations have been talking about this guy for months. But why do they react? Because Ted Cruz had a person under oath facing potential, which, by the way, understand this. So so this is where it gets real interesting. I want to say facing the potential of perjury, but that never happens. Liberals never yeah. get prosecuted for lying. Dr. Fauci's lied to congressional uh, committees and nothing's ever happened. The only people who ever get prosecuted for lying are Republicans. Uh, li- liberals lie all the time to committees. That means that this is so bad. This is so bad and so exposing that they know that they can't even get these people off the hook for lying. I really want you to think about that. These people never get prosecuted for perjury unless it's like there's just no way that they could get away with it without Americans losing their mind. So it has to be that bad. It has to be so bad that the January 6th committee had to come out and go, uh, anything you're being told about this Ray Epps guy's totes a lie. He talked to us, which, oh, that's really not suspicious. You had a guy that was on the FBI most wanted list in the room with you, by the way, not as a matter of public record, which is also very strange because the January 6th committee really loves having cameras in there. They love being in front of the cameras. All of this is about, uh, persecuting Trump and Trump supporters. But you had a guy who's in a leadership position of the Oath Keepers in front of your committee 
but it was behind closed doors and no press. I find that very remarkable. Yeah. Remember, this is all the same group of people that let Hillary Clinton off the hook when she and her staffers were smashing government phones so that no one could get their records. It's like, that, that was that's more egregious than anything happening here, but it is totally on point for these congressional committees and the FBI. None of this, all of the corruption we're seeing is not new. It is It was the standard under the Obama administration, and it has continued to the present day. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely fascinating. But they went to bat for him, and they're trying to say it's all a conspiracy theory, which is really strange, because why wouldn't the assistant director of the FBI just say, no! If what the committee is saying is true, then the answer's no. Ray Hepps wasn't a fed. Right. So then because and they can't say that because he's a fed. <laughs> and if we all acknowledge that, then it paints the whole of January 6th in a very negative light because it, the entire thing is a was it was and provably is a Reichstag fire type event, a false flag perpetrated by the Democrat Party with help from the intelligence community in order to force a sitting president to be shuffled out of office and make sure that all of their election fraud went unnoticed and was and basically illegitimately get Biden elected president. That's what January 6th was about. It was about illegitimately making sure that their guy was able to steal the presidency. And we're now living in a country where that happened. And no one can do anything because the people that we elected to make sure this didn't happen got too scared of the negative press after January 6th to actually do what they already said they were going to do and demand an accounting for the fraud that we all witnessed during the election. All of these Republicans, including Ted Cruz, after January 6th, rolled over and died. They did exactly what the left wanted them to do. That was the entire intent of January 6th, was to make sure that people like Ted Cruz got cowed into silence, and they and Ted Cruz and friends played their part admirably. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I know that that's a very serious statement, but that's just such a great way. That's such a great way to frame it. They played their part admirably. You guys did they great. Did. They did. Yeah. They did exactly what the left wanted them to do. They did exactly what the left expected them to do. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if I was an analyst looking at the Republican Party, I would have expected to do this, do them, do the same thing. Yeah. Any amount of bad, bad press and Republican Party will essentially roll over and stop fighting. Yeah. And the Democrats knew that and they still know that. And that's exactly why they do the things that they do. Now, um, to that point, uh, within 48 hours of this very embarrassing situation where the FBI gets put over Ted Cruz's knee, uh, a year late, to Alan's point, a year late, um, Ted Cruz decides now is time to fight for democracy and fight for what's right. Um, but he puts the FBI over his knee, embarrasses them publicly. The January 6th committee has to come out and try to run PR uh, to cover their ass because they're running a kangaroo court within 48 hours. What happens? Oh, uh, with no new evidence coming out of January 6th, nothing really remarkable happening in part of the January 6th committee's investigation, aside from crying about Trump 
and being completely politicized. Oh, geez, uh, we're going to charge 10 people to include the leader of the Oath Keepers with seditious conspiracy because that's totally not a public relations campaign to try to shift the narrative from the FBI absolutely had feds and that's why January 6th occurred because it was a Reichstag fire to, oh, no, remember how all the right-wing people keep reminding every liberal on social media when they say, this was a coup! And everybody on Twitter goes, uh, show us one charge of treason or sedition. And then suddenly the FBI goes, oh, a year after all of this happened, we're going to suddenly charge people with seditious conspiracy. Um, and the question being, what evidence, what evidence do you have? Like Stuart Rhodes was the guy, was one of the guys that got rolled up. He's the leader of the Oath Keepers, was not an unknown entity to literally anyone. And everything that's listed in the indictment is everything that was known shortly after January 6th. Yeah. So this is obviously a PR campaign to try to shift the narrative off of, oh God, Ray Epps was totally a fed and the FBI actually did a Reichstag fire for the Democrats. True. Now, for those of you who might still be on the fence, And say that in the, I'm going to keep saying this because it's a lot of fun. Who might say that in the year of our Lord, 2022, there would never be a situation in a modern Western democracy where the intelligence community would fake some sort of false flag event for the sake of persecuting their political enemies or driving politics. Right, Alan? That sounds, that sounds crazy. That happens in third world countries. That happens in despotic dictatorships. That doesn't happen in the Western free democracies of the world. Right, Alan? Very true. That, that sort of thing doesn't happen... It only happens in like crazy African dictatorships, not in the modern, like I said, not in modern Western countries. Right. Because, because our governments are good people and they would never do things to try and force political opinion or, or to try to get their way to pursue their globalist agenda against any threats. Right. Right. Because they're, I mean, they just wouldn't do that sort of thing. Now, is there say like in a, a recent example where something like uh, that could have happened? Yes. Yes, in fact, there is. Oh. That, interestingly enough. Do go on. Which is very exciting. So, the this uh, comes from Spain. And in 2017, there was a series of very sad, very uh, unfortunate terrorist attacks that happened in Spain. And... I believe something like 16 people were killed. It was it was terrible. Jihadist attacks in Spain. Unfortunately, it turns out that those jihadist terror attacks were actually orchestrated by the Spanish equivalent of the FBI, and it was entirely to inter to give them justification to interfere in the independence referendum for a region of Spain called Catalonia, which was trying to leave Spain and be an ind- independent at the time. Uh, And then the Spanish government used the auspices of these terrorist attacks to do things like send in the national police to arrest all the leaders of the Catalan independence movement, to knock over all of their polling places and confiscate all the ballot boxes. And all on the basis of they got jihadists to it. They 
helped orchestrate jihadist terrorist attacks and then used it as a justification for clamping down on Catalonian independence. And this happened in 2017 in the modern Western liberal democracy of Spain. So, so you're aware the former police chief of the national police said that the basically the national intelligence division uh, which is, yeah, call it, call it equivalent to, it, it's their, ba- their big intelligence um, asset within Spain. Uh, they, quote, wanted to give the Catalonians a fright. That's the direct yeah. quote from this chief of police. And he said that, according to him, they weren't, they didn't think it was going to go as badly as it did. But what ended up occurring was jihadists, a jihadist or jihadists, ran over a bunch of people with a van and killed 16 people. And this police chief is saying, he said, in court, I have evidence. It's in my files. Declassify the files for the public. We we coordinated this. We were behind this to frighten the Catalonians into thinking that they needed Spain so they wouldn't have an independence movement that would remove them from Spain and the European Union. And just so you understand how these sides bleed out, the claim for the Spanish independent movement is that it was an awful nationalist movement. Yeah. Ooh, now this was scary nationalists again. It, this was 2017. So understand what the world looked like then. You had Brexit, where Britain wanted to get the hell out of the EU. Now you have the Catalonians who want to become independent from Spain, and they want to because they want to separate themselves from all of the austerity measures that were being put in by the European Union. They wanted to separate themselves from the globalist agenda of Spain and the European Union. Obviously, this was the greatest evil, just like Brexit was the greatest evil to the world, just like Donald Trump's nationalist movement was the greatest evil to the world. And what happens? A group of elites justified morally staging a false flag jihadist attack in Spain to scare the Catalonians in doing the right thing. Now, you tell me that that activity wasn't justified as being, at the time, they're saying, this is okay because it's for the greater good because these independence movements are a threat to democracy. So tell, don't don't give me this garbage anymore <clears throat> that... The left wouldn't steal an election because they thought that they were morally justified because they thought that it would be it's okay for us to do it because the real great threat would be the other side winning. I think that's exactly correct. And judging by everything I've seen from, let's say, the left and all of these progressive groups and and political entities is they absolutely have zero they actually have zero hindrance. they have no moral qualms with doing anything and everything to make sure they achieve those things. 
them, it's all justified. Now, what's interesting is I, I actually have a bone to pick with the GOP. I mean, I know that that's kind of a common thing for me sometimes, but since we're talking about elections and things like that, the idea that false flags could occur. So let's, I mean, let's go back to something that Alan referenced the kid, the, the staged kidnapping or the attempt, whatever the kidnapping of governor Whitmer, which was all staged by the FBI. Um, that, that has been revealed uh, that that was yeah. entirely created by the FBI. And then that's why the media stopped talking about it. Um which also was very politically convenient, for those of you who recall. Um, mm-hmm. Let me point out, one of the big things that came out this week were a lot of Republicans. Uh, so there's a lot of discussion about the filibuster, right? And uh, Democrats got very upset because Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin said that they are not going to change the rules for the filibuster, which means that anything that goes through the Senate would need a 60 uh, 60 senator vote. See, getting rid of the filibuster makes it to where it's just a simple majority. It has to be over 50, uh, which could be 50 senators, The which means the Democrat Party plus Kamala Harris as the president of the Senate, 51, passes legislation. With the filibuster, <coughs> sorry, it makes it to where there has to be 60. That's normal. That's how the Senate's operated for okay. quite a while. Now, Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin said that they're not going to change that 60 vote threshold. Uh, and this specifically is being brought up uh, because of the Voting Rights Act, as they call it. That is the name given to it by um, by the left. Now, okay. I'm frustrated by this because uh, Republicans have been out for this week talking about how big a threat the Voting Rights Act is. They're saying that it is a method for the Democrats to try to seize and basically uh, institute federal control over state elections, true statement, and that they are basically going to just turn elections in the United States into complete and total fraud. You know, they're just going to become a fraudulent thing, and this is entirely, I've seen plenty of conservative commentators talk about how it's basically like ballot harvesting. It's going to legalize ballot harvesting. It's going to legalize groups like Facebook funding all these ballot drop-offs in just Democrat areas. The idea being that they would shift all of these money and resources to get big urban environments that solidly vote liberal, to have buses that bring it to people, people knocking on doors telling everyone how to vote, harvesting ballots while simultaneously probably making it more difficult for rural areas or more Republican areas to vote. That's exactly what these people are talking about. Uh, that, that's what these conservative commentators and these GOP legislators are saying. Does that sound about accurate, Alan? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So in other words, uh, doing exactly what they did in 2020, all that this voting rights legislation is, is the instantiation and, and the like normalizing of a lot of stuff that happened because of COVID. All the mail-in ballots, all the ballot drop boxes, all of this other stuff is stuff that they did for COVID. Yeah. When secretaries of state just unilaterally changed voting regulations without approval of the legislature in violation of states' constitutions, they're just instantiating those kinds of rules. Right. And we've got 
conservative commentators saying, oh my gosh, this is a huge affront to democracy. This is a, a threat to voting in the United States. We have GOP uh, Congress members, senators, and, and members of the House saying this is a massive threat. This is going to just encourage fraud. Uh, this is a destructive force against voting in the United States, right? Yeah. Yeah. So can someone explain to me how those same senators, those same commentators are also saying that 2020 was fair and square? Because it, it that's is what uh, quite that, egregious, isn't it? I, I'm, I'm very confused. No, I, I'm, I'm actually I'm legitimately confused because by these statements made by so many of these conservative commentators and so many of these GOP representatives, um, there should be no concern over the voting legislation because if if the voting legislation that is being put forward by the Democrat Party is problematic, then 2020 was problematic. You cannot have it both ways. 2020 could not have been legitimate in the most secure election in U.S. history. But if we change the rules indefinitely for every other election, that would be a threat to our democracy. So I really want the Republican Party to to uh, figure that out. I would really appreciate it if they could square that circle for me, because what I'm hearing is that 2020 was legit or was illegitimate, but they're not going to fight for that because they didn't like Trump. But they certainly don't want their ass on the line in the next election because that's what I'm hearing from the GOP right now. What I'm hearing is, well, when it was Trump, I didn't give a shit that they stole it. I just don't want them to steal my election. That's what I'm hearing from the GOP. And so I'd really appreciate it if somebody could explain how it's different. Yeah, it's uh, I don't I, I don't know that it is, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just I just want an explanation um, because they should be okay. Now, don't misunderstand me. I don't support quote, that, quote, voting rights legislation. I have very solidly had my opinion. If you're an able-bodied American and you can't walk your happy ass down to a polling or drive, or you know what I mean. If you can't get your happy yeah, yeah. ass to a polling place on voting day, your vote shouldn't count as much as mine. Yeah, absolutely agree. And like, why should it? Nobody should believe that. If if you, oh, I just don't want to be bothered to vote. Can you please mail it to me, 44? Jeez, gosh, I wish I could text it. This is an American idol. This is supposed to be a pillar of our democracy. It's sacrosanct. Well, then you should have to be responsible and take some time. It is asinine to me that... At the same time that they're saying how important voting is, it's such a great right, and it's a huge responsibility. Oh, but we should make it easy, because lazy asshole Americans should also have as much a vote as people who actually care and know what day voting occurs and where their polling place is. You're telling me that the same assholes who can't put a shopping cart away should be it should be easier so they can vote because they don't want people like me having as much of a voice. Do you know why that is Alan? Uh, Because people like you who are responsible, who are responsible, intelligent people, that is who they don't, they want to make sure that your vote is diluted because you are not going to vote correctly. (coughs) Yeah. People who pay. As ridiculous and silly almost sounding as it is to say, they want to make sure 
the bottom tier of American society vote. The, the more the bottom tier of American society gets out and votes, the better chances the Democrat Party has because they don't have to make good arguments. They can appeal simply to emotion. And, well, dumb people are easily swayed. People that do not have the people that don't care enough to vote are not going to care enough to actually be informed. And they will only vote the way the news, the way Facebook, the way these other sources tell them to, because they are fundamentally not as interested in making sure that the right policies get enacted. It's a very, it's essentially they're the more irresponsible people in America are a lot easier for them for these for, to be, they're a lot easier to manipulate mm-hmm. and they want a more easily manipulatable voting base. The easier it is to manipulate the voting base, the better chances the Democrat party has that's exactly why they want it. They want it to be as easy as possible to vote to get the laziest people voting because it then dilutes the vote of responsible people like you. Well, and that's the thing that this isn't a party issue. They don't want respond like d- even Democrats who pay attention, who know when voting day is, where their polling place is, who the candidates are, what the issues are. They want less of them voting, too, because. Right. A lot of Democrats don't like this progressive nonsense. A lot of Democrats don't like all the woke nonsense. A lot of Democrats will look at some of these proposals and go, that's dumb. I'm not doing that. That's that's ridiculous. That that's going to hurt me, too. Why would I why would I go along with this this idiocy? They don't they want their vote. They want every vote of a responsible American, regardless of party affiliation, diluted by two dumbasses. At least they want it diluted by basically the idiots who they can be like these people are big bad racist and everyone goes racist bad and they go fight racist fill our ballot fight racist and they go racist bad and you know that's it they want dumb idiot cavemen they want to turn it into a dumbocracy i don't know a better way to say it it's a little boomery and stupid but that's exactly it they want to encourage lazy stupid people yeah that's it. They want a they want a more easily manipulatable voting base. It's the same reason. I mean, actually, look at almost all of their policy prescriptions. It's the same reason why they want unfettered immigration because they want they want illegal immigrants in the country and they want them voting because they're easy to manipulate. They yeah. want minorities voting in record numbers because minorities can be manipulated by identity politics. They want more single mothers because single mothers are more easily manipulated by government by the uh, government welfare. They want they want people that are essentially somehow compromised to be the voting base because those people are going to be more reliable in their consumption of essentially liberal propaganda and they're not going to cause a problem for the Democrat Party. Right. That's why they want those people to vote. More and more and more. And it, all of their policies reflect this. They all reflect trying to essentially subvert the country through voting manipulation. Yeah. How yeah. the votes are counted, who, is, who makes up the voting bases. It's, it's entirely a grab for power type of uh, play. Yeah. New York just started allowing illegal immigrants to be able to vote in local elections. If yeah. you don't think, Utterly ludicrous. Well, let, let's, let's just be, be honest here. Why wouldn't they do that nationally? 
the whole idea here is that I, I know that there are like Democrat voting Americans who are like, ah, local elections, maybe because like school boards and and whatever. No, 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 no. There's no difference. You cannot make an argument that says that if you're allowing an illegal immigrant to vote in a local election, there is legitimately no argument to say that the same argument couldn't be made for national elections. The idea is that it's wrong. You're an illegal immigrant. You are not a citizen of the United States. Therefore, you do not have the right to vote in the United States. It's that simple. But you're a complete idiot. And I don't think anybody in our audience thinks this. But you're a complete idiot if you think that they would just stop at local elections. This is that slippery slope that they love to use. They're just starting it now because they want illegal immigrants to be able to vote nationally as well. They want this happening in federal elections 100%. They want that illegal immigrant vote. Why? Because they're single issue voters. That's basically what Alan's pointing out. They want a dependent United States. They want a dependent citizen base in the United States that are ostensibly single issue voters. And it's all about the Gibbs. Are you going to make it to where I can get the rest of my family in the United States? Awesome. I'm voting for you. Democrats win. Oh, are you going to make it so I get more Gibbs from the government? I get more money and the people I don't like get less. Awesome. I'm going to vote for the Democrats. Now, interestingly, the puppet of the United States had a weird reaction when he found out that the filibuster wasn't going to end and mm. uh it got real weird so i'm going to play this clip of uh of of uh fucking president pudding over here uh having his reaction <laughs> i hope we can get this done the honest to god answer is i don't know whether we can get this done is this mic on i guess anyway and uh and well, i'm not sure either but anyway i hope we can get this done But I'm not sure. But one thing for certain, one thing for certain, like every other major civil rights bill that came along, if we missed the first time, we could come back and try it a second time. We missed this time. We missed this time. And the state legislative bodies continue to change the law, not as to who can vote, but who gets to count the vote. Count the vote. Count the vote. It's about election subversion, not just whether or not people get to vote. Who counts the vote? That's what this is about. That's what makes this so different than anything else we've ever done. I don't know that we can get it done, but I know one thing. As long as I have a breath in me, as long as I'm in the White House, as long as I'm engaged at all, I'm going to be fighting to change the way these legislatures have moving. Thank you. I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. This isn't about who gets to vote. This is about who gets to count the votes. I think that's a Stalin quote. Is it really? I mean, there is a Stalin quote about it doesn't matter who how the who votes. It's and forgive me for paraphrasing. It's something along the lines of it doesn't matter who votes, but who counts the votes. Yeah, that's so weird. He's just like, who counts the vote? Count the vote. Count the vote. It's about election subversion. Uh, what? what? I'm sorry. I thought that elections can't be subverted in the United States. 
I thought that that was impossible. I thought it didn't happen. You literally the same party who told me that all of this is impossible. This does not happen. It's a complete conspiracy theory. Everything's absolutely fine in how we elect people in the United States. It's all fine. Suddenly, just for 2020, it's all fine, are now saying, whoa, we got to pass this bill or there might be election subversion and we're really worried about who counts the vote? Why the hell would you be afraid of that? Now, Super notice, weird. Notice he talks about um, state legislatures. Well, the reason why is there's more Republican state legislatures. And so yeah. they're real worried. So let, let's just be fair here. What are they worried about? Well, they're worried about who counts the vote. Um, is that because these Republican state legislatures are suddenly passing laws? They're going to make it to where we don't get videos from Atlanta, where in the middle of the night, after all of the monitors leave, they start pulling ballots out from underneath tables? Is that who you're worried about? Do you, you want to make sure that those people still count the vote? Because that's what it sounds like. It sounds like what you're afraid of, uh, President Pudding, is that uh, your people are going to actually have oversight this time. And that makes you real scared. They really don't want oversight. It's the last the last thing they want is. Is essentially that Yeah, I just I mean. I'm not <laughs> shocked, but it is extremely hilarious that not even 12 months into this guy's presidency he is already sitting here doing a complete 180 from everything was completely above board perfectly fine super great there's no problem with our election system everything is a conspiracy theory too oh my god if we don't pass this legislation our democracy is gonna falter and be subverted yeah that what? alone like hey guys this thing they're trying to pass uh, yeah, I, I, I guess they actually I'm so glad that the Democrat Party is finally worried um, about election subversion. So let's have that conversation. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm not the only one who noticed that, no. right? I'm pretty sure every American has noticed this. Yeah. Also, just for reference, um, just for, for those of you who don't know. Uh, polling data, reaction data, and uh, different uh, at what we'll call uh, what we call atmospherics analytics. Mm-hmm. Once again, show uh, that Democrats are also not worried about this either. The biggest concern of the majority of Americans in the United States are things like the fact that beef is like twenty-five to thirty dollars. Yeah, that gas has increased dramatically. By the way, right. Um, economic advisors came out earlier this week that pointed out that the Biden administration, as we've been saying this entire time, so I'm very happy to be validated, um, has not created a single job. (laughs) All of this economic success, like we said that they were going to do even before Joe Biden got into office, we said on this program, they are going to start lifting COVID nonsense. 
People are going to go back to work and they are going to lie to the American people and say that they created jobs. They're going to talk about how great the job market is under Joe Biden, even though all they did was stop being garbage Democrats and let people go back to work. Yeah. But (laughs) so economists came out and pointed out the fact that the reality is the Biden administration has not created a single job. All of this supposed economic success has not actually happened. Additionally, remember, the common thing that you're going to see from Democrats and people on the left now is your problems aren't real. You should be worried about these things. So they're saying you should be worried about the election being subverted, even though we said it can't possibly be subverted. You should be worried about that, not the fact that it is more expensive for you to put gas in your car. It is more expensive for you to feed your family. And inflation has increased 7%. The most since 1982. That's quite a bit. 7%. A 7% increase in less than 12 months. Under Joe Biden. Wow. And understand this. The supply chain is affected because of nonsense vaccine mandates. That is true. 100%. The gas. Absolutely. The cost of doing business, which is fuel, fuel to get you to work, fuel to get trucks on the road, fuel to get supplies across uh, oceans has increased because the Biden administration shut down energy independence in the United States. Yeah. This isn't correlation equals causation. This is 100% that happened. Gas increased because they did this. Now we look at 7% inflation. And what is the reaction from the media and Democrat politicians? That's not a problem. Stop whining. That's what they're saying. They are telling Americans that it's a fake problem, that it's not real. Your bread is more expensive. Your beef is more expensive. And every Democrat politician is calling you a liar. Yeah. And 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 they're essentially saying that they don't care. Yeah. Or they're saying, well, it hurts the rich more, so it's okay. Which is 100%. That's not true. Poor people are dramatically more affected by the increased price of things. You know, people who have like a shoestring budget uh, suddenly have a, a, a negative budget. That's how that works. Rich people paying for more stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but somebody who is just making it is no longer just making it. They're not making it. That's what's happening. It does not affect ri- the rich more, but they are literally trying to play that card and say, well, it hurts all these rich business owners even more, so it's okay. It's okay that it's harder for you to feed your family because people you should hate also get hurt. That's like saying, it's okay that your neighborhood burned down because that guy you don't like, his house burned down too. Doesn't that make you feel better? No, my house burned down. I don't give a shit. Anyway, so that's fascinating, but among other crazy stuff that I completely just forgot what I was going to talk about. Oh, don't forget that. That's the worst thing to forget. 
I just I got so excited over the inflation and all that other stuff where they just literally said that none of this like, none of this is your problem. It's it, it is singularly fascinating. Um all of it. But additionally it's just been a bad week on so many levels. The Supreme Court knocked down the vaccine mandates for private businesses. Good. Now, they could have also knocked down the requirements for healthcare workers. Uh, they didn't because you had idiots like John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh. So glad I defended that guy against literally. Okay, look, I'm not happy that Brett Kavanaugh does some of the things he does. I am not going to apologize for fighting for him against false rape accusations. Even if I don't like him, that doesn't yeah. make it okay that the Democrat party literally made up fake uh, rape accusations against him just to get him out. So I don't feel bad about that. Right. But John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh, as far as I know, uh, did vote to keep vaccine mandates for healthcare workers if the place where they work accepts Medicare and Medicaid, federal funding. Yeah. I think that that's bullshit. I think that it's unconstitutional. But that... One of the reasons why I'm not against it necessarily, but one of the things that's annoying about the Supreme Court is they rule on very specific terminology. And people have to understand that. But... It doesn't matter. That's not an excuse. They should have just done the right thing. For God's sakes, if Elena Kagan or any of these other liberals uh, like Sotomayor had the chance, they wouldn't give a damn about how it was phrased. They would 100% rule just to push the liberal agenda. For God's sakes, acknowledge the world we live in. Now, speaking right. of the medical community, though, Ron DeSantis uh, had some very interesting words um, shortly after that to talk about the medical vaccine mandate. Here's what uh, Ron DeSantis had to say from Florida. The medical mandate for the, for the nurses and the doctors, this is what they're trying to do is absolutely insane. In other states, they have fired nurses for not having vax, even though most of them have natural immunity. So they fire them, but now they're shorthanded. So what are they doing? They are bringing back on the job vaccinated nurses who are currently COVID positive. So if you're unvaccinated, naturally immune and uninfected, you're, they fire you. But if you're COVID positive and vax, which we know most of the people that are COVID positive now are vax, they are going back on the job. Um, and it just shows you that CMS mandate is absolutely insane, especially given the ineffectiveness you know, of, of these shots to actually stop transmission. The so I like this. Like, I'm going to admit Ron DeSantis is making a real good bid for a lot of things and specifically pointing out that the government forced hospitals to fire unvaccinated nurses, even if they were, uh, even if they had natural immunity because they had been infected by COVID before. And they have that shortage. So they are bringing in COVID positive nurses who are vaccinated, but that doesn't matter because the vaccine doesn't stop you from transmission. This is right. Hilarious. It's nothing against Ron DeSantis. Do not take this wrong for all those big Ron DeSantis fans out there. I know how you guys get, um, you get very upset if you see, 
You call Trumpists a cult, but man, you get real upset. If anyone says anything about Ron DeSantis, but mm-hmm. I, I do like the guy. Uh, the point is, is this, this is not a difficult or even a firebrand stance. And like I said, this isn't anything against Ron DeSantis, but how sad is it that the GOP is so pathetic that Ron DeSantis just saying simple, basic, um, common sense is like Ron DeSantis is the best politician ever. Like all Ron DeSantis does is say shit that regular Americans have been saying on Twitter for two years. And people are like, Holy shit, make this guy emperor of America. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Great for Ron DeSantis. Like Ron DeSantis knows what America wants. He knows what Americans are thinking. And that is phenomenal. That is nothing against this guy. It's just so pathetic that the GOP is so sad that just saying logical shit is such a big deal and is such a breath of fresh air to Republicans that they're like, oh my God, make this guy king of king of the world, for God's sakes, because he talks just like regular normal people do. Yeah. It's very it's, sad. It is, it is pretty sad. When, but it is also kind of hilarious when you think about it. Yeah. No, I mean... He is doing everything right. Now, I'm I'm, I'm always nervous about career politicians. Um, I know he's not entirely a career politician, but I'm nervous. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about every candidate in the GOP for the exact reasons that I just said, right? Like, I like, I, I like Ted Cruz until he screwed us all over by being a complete baby because he was afraid of what CNN was going to say about him. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a relatively an unfortunate episode for. Yeah. And and so I'm, I'm worried, like, unless, unless you can guarantee me that Ron DeSantis wouldn't put his tail between his legs and curl up on the floor and put his thumb in his mouth. Like we saw every GOP Senator do, unless you can guarantee that to me, I'm going to be skeptical of him. And that's, I, I don't even want to be mean towards Ron DeSantis. It's just, I don't trust you. I just, I don't trust these superstars that the GOP wants to want, wants me to pay attention to because I'm afraid that they are going to be a bunch of cuck babies. Yeah. Which is a totally legitimate fear based on how they act. Yes. Now, similarly, Glenn Youngkin just got sworn in as governor. Um, yesterday here in Virginia He's not doing anything that's really that exceptional, but it's such a big deal because, oh my God, a Republican's doing something. It's such a novel occurrence that we're very excited here in Virginia. Um, <laughs> it's that bad. Um, he decided, uh, I, I read through some of the executive orders that he's put out, and one of the ones that is going to be phenomenal to watch, so I wanted to note it in the last five minutes of the program, which is he has banned... School mask mandates. Fantastic. Now, understand, you can still wear a mask to school. It's okay. You can do it. You're allowed to. It's just you can't require people to do so. Yeah. He even was smart, and I will hand this to him. Like I said, jury's still out on, uh, on uh, uh, <clears throat> sorry, on Yunkin. Still, still nervous. Seems a little potentially neocon but so far so good. Um, he even made sure in this executive order to say that they cannot require you to explain why your kid isn't wearing a mask. You don't have to provide anything medically, meaning vax, 
They can't say, well, if you're vaccinated, then you don't have to wear a mask. Nope, nope, nope. They made that's part of the executive order. The school cannot give cannot create any bar to make it to where a kid doesn't have to wear a mask. You're allowed to. Now, this is very intelligent and smart for one big reason. Mm-hmm. He made it impossible for schools to mandate masks, which means that the teachers unions are going to freak out. And they are 100% going to demand to go to virtual learning. Yeah. And they're going to talk about how scared they are of Omicron or Decepticon or the G or whatever. They're totally afraid. We're probably going to see a new strain that's like super even more deadlier than Omicron that hasn't really done anything. Point is, (coughs) um, this is going to force the teachers unions to try to close schools down and go back to virtual learning based on literally nothing. They're going to talk about a rising in cases, except there's not a rising in hospitalizations. None of this stuff is really seemingly that bad anymore. And also, hilariously, the Democrats are trying to get away from COVID. This is going to reinvigorate all of that. And I almost guarantee you teachers are going to protest. They're going to walk out. They're going to strike. They're going to do all sorts of insane things, which is going to force the Democrats to have to still hang on to the football that is coronavirus because Joe Biden didn't defeat it because there was nothing to defeat. And additionally, we didn't have a lot of time to get into it, but hilariously, Project Veritas has been banned from social media entirely because they just released um, documents from the Department of Defense, the defense, uh, 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 what does DARPA stand for again? Uh, defense Advanced, Advanced Research. Research. Yeah. It's the A. The Defense, the defense Advanced Research Project, or, or, or DARPA, they had a, an Inspector General investigation, and it came back saying that it does look likely that the Wuhan coronavirus came from the lab in Wuhan, China. And liberals lost their goddamn minds over this because Ah, they pointed to they pointed to it, which is weird, by the way, because Alan and I, Alan was observing a debate I was having with somebody on Twitter about this because they were doing everything that they could to basically just screech that it was a lie. That Project Veritas like forged documents. These aren't real. These aren't I know these aren't real, which I thought was really weird. Right? Like, it's just such a strange, like, you have to immediately deny this. And when talking to this guy, not arguing, not being mean, not being rude, he started screaming about vaccines. Which is odd, because you could be pro-vaccine and still think that maybe coronavirus leaked from a lab. In fact, I kind of think that if you're one of those pro-vaccine people... And you see a bunch of right-wingers that are like, oh my God, this virus leaked from a lab. Why wouldn't you seize on that and say, oh, you're right. It did leak from a lab and it's real. In fact, it was a Chinese bioweapon. Isn't that crazy? That's super scary. You should get vaccinated against the Chinese bioweapon. This has been something I've been very interested in in for a while. Is if you're going to, if you wanted me to take this vaccine. The easiest way to get me to do it is to say COVID is a Chinese bioweapon and you could take this vaccine that will uh, save you from the Chinese bioweapon. That would that would be the easiest sell for this. 
And then they don't do that, which is weird. Because it's like they... It's like at the same time they're trying to prevent people from recognizing where COVID came from, but that's also the easiest way to push the vaccine. It's bizarre. It's a bizarre set of priorities that they have. It's also very strange that the defense mechanism against the idea of this leaking from a lab somehow is inextricably to them tied to vaccinations, which shows that it's a cult. That's how a cult works. No heresy can be allowed. Right. It's it's just it's bizarre nothing they do makes sense well i guarantee you this will be my final thought uh given the whole virginia stuff that i was just talking about i guarantee you that we are going to see teachers unions protesting against uh, uh against being in school because of omicron or whatever other weird thing that they make up and the reason what is fascinating about this is i want to remind everybody that when the vaccines first came out teachers jumped to the front of the line ahead of people even at-risk people to get vaccinated so they could be safe in the classroom just to turn around and say that it's too unsafe for them to be in the classroom just a reminder that that actually happened and they don't see any irony in that but let's see if i'm right and let's see if there's protests coming because they are going to absolutely start up next week other than that, thank you very much for joining our program. And be sure to go over to subscribestar.com forward slash wrongthinkradio if you'd like to help sponsor this program. It's just $2.99 a month. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. And this is Wrong Think Radio. We'll see you all next week, Sunday, noon Eastern.